I think people have to get out of that mindset of being, what can you give me to how can I help you? Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. Today, we are graced with the wonderfully dynamic Sejal Lakani Bot, the CEO of TechWorks. Sejal is an extrovert, a hard charger, and someone that has created a wonderful life that she attributes to surrounding herself with top-shelf people. Our conversation is fun and free-flowing. Sejal relates to us in the most personal of ways, sharing her true beliefs of how she networks in virtually all aspects of her life. Let me tell you, she has multiple roles and vantage points, be it from a business owner to board member, mother, wife, friend, and philanthropist. In addition to her insights, Sejal shares her very successful networking methods and criteria that you can take to the bank. Enjoy my conversation with Sejal Lakani Bach. excited to have you here. You know we're going to have some fun today. Totally. I don't think you've probably ever gone a day without having fun. <laughs> have you? Of course not. No. Why would I bother? Do you have a typical day? No. You don't? I don't think so. I mean, there are regular things that you do, but no, not a typical day. No, right? Like yeah. what? Give me a quasi-typical day. How about this? <laughs> Give me yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday involved a lot of drinking and fun. Okay. So let's talk about Sounds another horrible. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, a typical day is meeting with prospects, meeting with clients, meeting with my COIs, my circle of influence people, making phone calls and having fun while doing all of it. Yeah. And then I'm also a mother of two. So we've got the cuddles in the morning and the bedtime stories at night and hugs in the middle and getting ready for soccer or taekwondo or whatever it's going to be. How do you fit it all in? Because you're, you're all on all the time. I don't fit it all in. That whole thing about balancing and all that, that's not true. <laughs> I have other words, but that's not true. That is, there are days that my family's absolute priority. And, you know, last night we went to dinner. I didn't take my phone with me. And then there are days that, you know, I've got to get some work done. And it is what it is. And my husband is an absolutely amazing supportive partner. And so we're able to split that stuff. You know what? I lie. He takes on a lot of the drop-offs, all of the drop-offs, the pickups and all of that stuff. So we just work really well together. That's great. That's a beautiful thing. So talk to me and tell us about your business. What do you do? So I run a technology company and believe it or not, I don't have any technical skill set. My husband started it in 2008 and I joined in about 2014 and we basically work with businesses, giving them the infrastructure and the security and the compliances that they need to continue to grow and scale. What's the hottest area right now? You and I both know that, cybersecurity. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a huge portion of our business. And if I say so myself, we do a damn good job at it. Well, what makes you do such a good job versus some of the competitors that are out there? I think what it's really about is the foundation. It's having the right operating procedures. It's having the right standards. And it's having the right people. And I think all of those things, if you can tick off those three things, then you end up having the right foundation to bring on any clients. Our security stack, I have amazing mentors. I'm always looking for people to advise me on what I'm doing wrong. And I have amazing mentors in my vertical and outside my vertical. When you put all of that together, it just it brings you so many steps ahead. 
Yeah. Leaps and bounds ahead. How did you do that? I mean, that dovetails right into you know, <laughs> what I'm all about, what this is about. I'd love to hear about how you've surrounded yourself with such great people. I came from the banking industry. So I worked through Wall Street for 12, 13 years. So when I came out of that, my contacts were all Wall Street. I didn't have any other contacts. I mean, that's where I think I met you before Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we going to quantify this? Are we going to do that? All right. A long time ago, yeah. was 20. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Let's just go there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when I came out and my husband started the business and we realized that really he was better on the technical aspect and I was great at sales, marketing and operations. What we ended up doing was I just got out there. I went to every B&I meeting, every chamber, every private networking event, and I would keep meeting people and meeting people, and they'd introduce me to people. And I got to a level where I met some amazing people who I'm really close with right now. There's probably about eight in my circle of influence and probably another 15 to 18 around that circle of influence. How would you define this circle of influence? Something that I talk about a lot. A circle of influence for me is somebody that you work really well with. So look, anything I do, I've got to get along with the person. I've got to like them. I've got to respect them. I've got to trust them. So circle of influence, some of them are in my vertical, like my mentors. Some of them are outside my vertical. They're great partner businesses. And some of them have nothing to do with anything. And they're people that I just rely on and trust and I can bounce ideas off of. It's exactly what a network is. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I always tell people that the weakness of an individual that's strengthened by the group. Absolutely. I would say that the people that I surround myself with are in some areas way smarter and in some areas dumber and they know who they are and they'll be listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What have been some of the benefits that you've received? Maybe um, obviously business, that's the obvious one, but are there other areas where the having these networks that you're a part of have shown up? So I think when you're an entrepreneur, right? So I run the business, we own the business, my husband and I are both in the business, so there's no plan B. When you're an entrepreneur, personal and business and friendship sort of all go together. So they hit on every aspect. They're the same guys that I call. Look, my husband and I work together. Of course, we're going to have disagreements that make me want to say not nice things, right? So they're there for that when I just need to vent and bounce ideas off of. On a personal level, they're there when... I got a flat tire and I need an auto body guy. And they're there when we need to refer people and get business. I lost a client. We had to transition a client out last year. We're still actually not last year in the process of doing it. They're a $1 million a year client. That is a hit that most companies can't take. And I called up my COIs and I said, I'm in trouble. The business is fine. We don't need to let anybody go. Everything's going well, but $1 million a year is kind of a hit that I didn't want to take. <laughs> yeah. So what you got for me? And boom, client lists were out and we were going through clients that would be a good fit. And there's trust and respect and that's how it flows. That's fantastic. So what are things that you typically do for some of the people that are in your circle of influence? Like how do you keep up with them? What do you do for these relationships? I mean, I know when you are incessantly on the phone and I hear you and every time that we're together, there's just so much going on, but educate those who are listening right now. Vern Harnish said something, never eat alone. I don't eat alone. I have breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks. If you ask anybody in my circle of influence or any friend, they'll tell you I actually probably eat eight times a day. And so I don't ever eat alone. But somehow you don't look like you eat eight times a day. <laughs> How about let's that. talk about that? How do you stay in shape? <laughs> 
I work out every day. Yeah. What do you do? I play tennis. I do high-intensity training. I do yoga. I work out every single day. I'll do something every day. Any networks that have come from some of, or I should say any relationships that have come through this recreational network? No, usually it goes the other way. So I've got people that are COIs that they work out. They're really conscious about what they eat and how they do it. And we talk about it. We complain about our personal trainers hmm. and we say bad things about them. And hope your personal trainer's not listening. Oh, she knows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of goes the other way. I have met some great people, and I think one of the things I could probably do better is to start bringing more people. For me, it's a time issue. It really is. So getting back to what you do. do. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do events together. They've held seminars where I speak. We go out together. We do dinners and lunches and drinks or whatnot. We've gone to the gun ranges together. We've done escapology. I'm going with a bunch of them on a boating thing next week. Can I interrupt yeah. you on that? Because I think that's a really important point that most people don't really get. A lot of times they just go to these events and it's strictly business. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. But they don't value the importance of what a true, someone that's truly in that circle of influence of yours is when you know, like, and trust people. Mm -hmm. And that's where the bonding that goes on in some of these events. That's can you, can you, you talk mean. about how that has affected you guys? Yeah. Or you, I should say. Yeah. Totally. So- it's been totally changing for me. When I would go to these events in the beginning and I started a couple of years ago is when I really started getting out there. I hit five, six, seven networking events a day. It oh was God. insane. I just go from one to the other, just taking business cards and then you go to the next one and then the next one and you don't do anything. And that wasn't working. I was meeting a lot of people, not necessarily the right people. And the right person is different for everybody, right? For me, it's who can I help? Because if I help, they're going to come back. It'll all come back. There's no scorekeeping or tally counting or anything like that. But I joined an organization that's filled with entrepreneurs. It's be called Entrepreneurs Organization. And we go out. We drink. We get together. All of that just led to – we met with the families. You know the people that you're coming to meet next week. They are – Amazing. We go to the gun ranges. We go to escapology. We just sit around and just have drinks and chill. And what that really does is you get to know somebody on a whole different level. So at some point, referring someone or understanding what they do and helping them out is not a job anymore. It's just part of who you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, trust is transferable. So, you, Absolutely. so you're building these relationships with people and then you can feel confident enough to put your name behind them. 100%. When the opportunity arises. Any good stories, any random stories that you've got from some of the networks or sort of from some of the networking that you've done with some of these people? What kind of random? Like where yeah, picked up anything. a client? Yeah, or? maybe you picked up a client. It doesn't even necessarily have to be – like you just said, the car broke down. I mean I think that that's what a lot of times people yeah. are – yes, business is a primary reason most people at least think about networking. But what they don't realize is there's so many ancillary things that come from networking, whether it's getting yeah. your kid into school, like you said, knowing the right mechanic – Getting yeah. a babysitter. Think about all these things that you do we, that you talk to your network first before you do go. everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you I'm investing in properties, came through a network, came through one of my COIs. He introduced me to somebody that he trusts. So, of course, I was going to trust them. One of the COIs was looking for an internship for his son. Boom. And his daughters. We went out. There was no questions. Auto body, I got a flat tire. I just, somebody just hit my car the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Who do you use? Where do you go? Chiropractors, 
doctors. I needed to get into a hospital. One of my COIs has relationships all over the place with hospitals, and I called him first. What you're asking is a difficult question because there's absolutely Probably nothing. It would have been easier if I asked you what you don't use it yeah, for. Yeah, and, and there's nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah. If I'm cooking a meal and I think someone yeah. can do it better or a friend of mine needed a tent in her backyard and I knew one of them had it. Like, I mean, there's really – Yeah, I have yeah, nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> so why do you think that most people that aren't as active – let's put you on one end of the spectrum in terms of networking. If you were to go to the other spectrum of people that don't, why do you think they don't? Any ideas? I'm um, so curious to this. I've got my own theories, but I'd love to get your perspective. You always have your own theories, Adam. I think that it's because they think, one is it's a lot of work. Look, everything is work. Every relationship is work. Your marriage, your kids, your boyfriend, your work relations, whatever it is, your parents, everything requires work. And I think that's one of them. And two is they don't follow through. And so they're not seeing the benefits. So why bother working for something that you're not reaping any rewards from? So I didn't see the benefits when I first started. I was just meeting a lot of people that really had nothing to do with anything. But following through, keeping that relationship going, look, there are times where we've all fallen off. I will tell you right now that one of the guys that I'm very close with has been so engrossed in his own business that it's been tough sort of bringing him out and it hurts everybody around it, right? And so you start and it's open, it's honesty, it's, hey, look, this is what we need to do. And we do that. With my entrepreneurs organization, we make it a point to get in touch, to talk to each other consistently. And it's work. Yeah. And I think people can't do it because it is a lot of work. I think that's fair. A lot of people, what they do is they just look to network when they need something. Yes. As opposed to. And you can't be a taker. Yeah. If you're going to be a taker, it's automatic. Everyone sees it. And nobody wants to network with you. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's not a benefit that you get of receiving something. That's the reward I was talking about. But. You can't go into say something saying, hey, I'm going to give you this. What are you going to give me? It's just not how it works. You are now – one of the things I really want to dive into is a networking group that you've championed. And I think that there are a me, lot of – Me and three others. Correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> how do I, you're right. Thank you. You're a team player right there <laughs> that you are a part of, a founding member, however it is yes. that you want to quantify that or label. But either way, you guys are doing it right. And there are a lot of networking groups out there, and I don't want to dismiss any of them because just the sheer act of getting involved in a networking group is a great start. Uh-huh. You kind of crawl before you walk, before you run. Yeah. But I think what you are doing puts you just light years ahead of a lot of the other networking groups Thank out there. You. Yeah, no, listen, it's impressive. Do you mind sharing what you're doing? I don't know if you care to share the name of it. You don't have to mention any any of the participants, but I'd love for everybody to hear about your group, what you're doing, and how you're doing it. Yeah. So, and one, thank you very much, because this has been something I think that several of us were thinking about for a while, and then we just did it. So we are a not-for-profit 501c3. Can I cut in right off the bat? Just sorry to cut you off. So that's the first thing that you did that I really want to kind of pick apart that most people don't even – I mean, that's a big step yep. that most people – that's a commitment. And you're doing it the right way. So I'm sorry to keep, keep, keep going. I might be interjecting. I'm just warning. All, all yeah, good. Yeah, it's all good. good. Yeah. So it's called C4BX, Connect for Business Exchange. And what we wanted to do was put together a group of people that are good connectors. Networking is one thing. I think when people think networking, they think getting out there and talking and meeting people. Connecting is having that ability to put people together even if you don't think it makes sense, it's having that innate ability to just know what's going on and be receptive to what that other person's needs are. 
So yeah, so we put together this group. There are four of us. Four founders? Four founders. There are four founders. And we started the group just about three, four months ago. So we've been talking about it since December. We incorporated it, got the 501c3, created our bylaws and our constitution, put together the rules that we needed to. Excellent. That's another point that's very important because a lot of times people just get together, they listen, they initiate, which is great, mm-hmm. and they get together, which is also important. But by having these standard and these strict guidelines, rules, whatever you want to call them, is really going to help to get the outcomes that you're looking for. So keep yeah. going. I'm so, sorry. So I mean, the structure's there so that everybody gets the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we have a full agenda. And the, the first of all, we don't want the group to be so huge. So we're really focused on keeping the group fairly small. And when I say small, it's 20, 24 people max. And what we want to do is just bring in the right connectors, decision makers, people that have the ability to affect change. And what we're doing is we're going through and sharing with each other our leads. And you can only do that with people you trust. And the four of us, the four founders, were doing that for a little bit beforehand. And we realized as I'm putting leads up there, one of the guys that I'm so close with that I talk to probably four times a day is like, wait, three of those are my clients. Oh. (laughs) We talk four times a day and it's never come up. So now it's on paper and we're doing this. And, you know, one of the other guys called me yesterday and he's like, the one that you met with that you're almost there with? Yeah, former client. And, you know, it was good terms that they left on. We knew the CEO. Oh, okay. So we're doing that. We're doing more case study based, not your typical... I'm not putting one down for the other. It's, I've been part of a lot of groups. And in all honesty, I've given up almost all of them except for EO and this C4BX because this is where I've decided to put my energy into. Case studies really just understanding how the person's getting that client, why they wanted that client, where did they come from, how much are they making on that client. Instead of just saying, hey, my name is Sejal, my company is TechWorks, and I'm a managed service provider, and I'm looking for companies between 20 and 500. Thank you so much. Great, but nothing clicks. If I'm going to go into a story and, hey, look, somebody called me. It was a law firm that had an issue. They just started eight months ago. And they're only 11 people, but they're looking to grow. And they had this issue. And I was called. And I went in. And this is how I signed them. And this is how much we charge. Or this is the profit on them. Then it helps me understand, is it a good client? Oh, wait, I have a couple of those. Or So can I interrupt you yeah. for one second? So this case study that you've done, is this something that you're sending out to the group ahead of time? Or yes. this is, okay, uh, so everyone comes in apprised. Everyone knows what they need to talk about. We're not writing out our personal case studies and sending them out. So we are basically going through and saying, these are the questions you need to answer in your case study so that it's conformed and it's relevant. And that's what everyone's coming to the table with. So members and potential members all go through the case study. Okay. And then how much time do you guys go around the table? Explain how that works. This is a dinner. This is a a dinner. So we do evening events. We do evening because the daytime- So it's kind of like casual. It's fun. Is the environment more- Look, the four founders were a whole different bag. (laughs) (laughs) So with us, it is we're structured. We're about business. We're about getting things done, but we're relaxed and we make jokes and we just get along. We're family. So you go around a table and you talk about your your case case study. Okay. Yeah. So it's about two minutes. So if we had a full group of, so we've ironed it out so that we knew when it's a full group. When it's a full group, it'd be about two minutes a person, which you need. You can't do these things in 30 seconds. 
And right now it's about three minutes or so because we're still building the group up and we're doing it really slowly. Good. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. We want the right people. And without mentioning names, what are the type of person that you're looking for? And then what industries are you partial to? Are you interested in being part of your group? And does one trump the other? I'm sorry. I'm three-part question. No. So here's how it is. The verticals we're looking for are going to be, first of all, we're one vertical per group where some groups have four or five lawyers. We really just want one, maybe two. We want small and medium businesses. We don't want the extra large businesses. We want the B2B. We want businesses that are in some field where they are servicing the 25 to 500 people, where the commercial realtors, the M&A guys, the movers, the coffee and snack providers are some of the ones that are little, that most people don't think about, right? Then we have our IT company, our VoIP company, our managed print service companies, our outsourced marketing companies, our accountants. We have a PR firm. So it's really companies and companies that are established, right? People that the kind of person we need is the kind of person that knows how to connect. One, they have to be a decision maker. And two is that they know how to connect. It is something you can learn a lot of things. Some of the things you can't kind of learn is how to connect and how to just have that ability when I walk into a client site right now, I ask about all sorts of stuff. It has nothing to do with IT, but I know who their VoIP provider is, who their managed print service guy is, if they're using Facebook ads, who they're using for accounting. I know all of that. And- do you know that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you know that And when you're going into these clients, you're doing that to learn so you could potentially introduce to someone to your network or this is just your natural curiosity? Walk me through how you're thinking about that. So- As an IT provider, we have access to everything. We're one of their trusted people. There is not a business from a dry cleaner to a Fortune 100 company that can run without IT right now. So that being said, and cybersecurity and all the other things that come with it, we're usually the go-to person. We're always there. We're always in front of them. So when they're looking for someone, we've had clients ask us for painters, for construction people, for all sorts of things. Because if we're doing a good job and our clients are happy with us, they trust us. If they trust us, they know that the relationships I have are the ones that they can trust. So I do it for both purposes. I'm curious. I want to know who's out there. And I do it because, yeah, I've got amazing people. And for several of our industries, so the four founders, we work together. Our businesses work very well together. That If they're also part of the same client base, our client's only going to be happy because I can make that call at two in the morning and be like, hey, listen, I need help. Fix this now. And we do whatever we need to to make sure that the other one's okay. So you talked about introductions. Walk me through how you might facilitate an introduction. So you go into Joe Schmo company and you see that they might have a need for – they have a VoIP need. Their provider's really not doing a good job. How would someone who isn't a natural connector like yourself, how would you recommend they go about identifying, like bringing to the attention of the company, you know, your client, hey, I see that you have this need or you're not being serviced properly. So walk me from A to Z, identifying the issue all the way through making the introduction and kind of facilitating it through. That is, if you even okay. go to that effect. The one thing I do is whenever we walk into a prospect, so I'm going to separate prospect from client, okay? okay? You walk into a prospect and you build that relationship. You're sitting there, you're conversing with them. The first meeting, you're not selling anything. We're conversing. So we're talking about their problems and their issues. And more likely than not, 
they're mentioning all sorts of stuff because especially when it comes for me for IT, they don't know what falls in my bucket and what doesn't. But in general, you start talking to them and they want to tell you what their problems are. They want someone to solve them. So let's say it comes up and they're like, right, and our telephone isn't working and it was down for two days last week and da, 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 da. Great. So you don't need to harp on anything. As you're moving through that conversation towards the end, hey, listen, Adam, you mentioned that you're having some telephone issues. I have a phenomenal telecommunications person. I'm going to be upfront and transparent with you. Money doesn't transfer hands. All of my referrals are done without payment because we want to make sure it's the right thing for you. Would you be interested in having a quick conversation with them? It probably makes sense, right? Absolutely. Great. So you get what I call as a double opt-in. So you get the opt-in from the client to make the introduction, and then you also get the opt-in from the potential service provider. No, so this was all part of the client. So you were the client. Now I'll leave and I'll give whoever I was going to recommend in. So I'll give, say, the VoIP guy a quick call. Hey, listen, I've got this client. These are the issues that they told me about because they were telling me everything. They want to meet with you. I'm going to send you an email. So I won't ever introduce anybody until I've had a conversation with the service provider. That, that's what I meant. A double, yes. double opt-in, meaning like both parties yeah. are aware, aware of this introduction that's going to happen. Absolutely. Okay. Then I'll send an email saying, hey, listen, we both spoke. Please meet up. And usually when I'm talking to the prospect, I'm saying, hey, look, what makes sense for you? Does tomorrow work? Like, is it an urgent issue? So I'll get a time frame. So I'm almost setting that appointment. I have that appointment. I'll basically let them know. Be like, look. VoIP provider, it looks like tomorrow kind of works for Adam. Let him know if that works for you and da-da-da-da-da. Now, do you have to manage the expectation of the person that you're going to be referring? Do you already have this trust or do you have to say, hey, potential uh, vendor that could be helping my client, I expect for you because you already know? No, that's my circle of influence. If I'm referring you, you're in my circle of influence. So that's already there. You don't even know what about. And if I don't trust you, you're not my circle of influence. Okay. (laughs) Well, so how about- (laughs) Okay, good. So that's already there. But any words of wisdom for whoever's listening that might not have made that cut? What are your expectations? When you make that introduction, what do you expect? What are you putting your name behind? I wouldn't make that introduction until I had that conversation with my vendor. So if it's a business that is in a supportive role to the business that you run, then I would have those sit downs and say, hey, look, when I'm making an introduction, I would ask you that you CC me on the first email, that you brief me after you've met, that you've let me know if it's gone well or not gone well and what the outcome and result of that is. And there are all these people doing it because you're hitting on great points that most people, there's so many steps of an introduction and there's so many steps that you're facilitating and that you're talking about that I think are so important and that get missed. Yeah. So it's nice to be a connector, but that's just a piece of that's it. That's just a piece of it. Yeah. That's, so keep going. I'm yeah. sorry to cut so you off. So with the yeah. COIs we have that, we all know. So when I do the introductions and whether it's to get someone's child an internship or to find an auto body or for business, I'm letting him know, hey, by the way, I talked to your auto body guy. Thank you so much. He was amazing. And I know you do this for fact because you did it the other day when I introduced you to Aaron. That's you did correct. it. You, and you, <laughs> that's it. And the follow through. This is something that you talked about before. And that's where a lot of people miss yes. it. I always say it's the little things that make a big difference. Look, it's my name behind it. So when these guys, and I keep saying guys, and it is girls and guys, so I apologize for that. But when my COIs are reaching out to my prospects or to my clients, with the clients, it's a lot easier, right? Client, I walk in, I go, your printers are messed up. I'm going to send somebody. Okay. Okay. And we're done. That's the end of that discussion because they have that trust with me. And they'll go in and they will go back and say, hey, look, Sage, thanks so much. I met with so-and-so. It was a fit. We're going to have a next meeting. 
I have a couple out there right now where it's a month and a half in and I'm still getting two-week updates like, hey, we just gave a proposal. They needed this and this. We're going to do a demo tomorrow. So this is going to happen. And I still do it the other way too. I've gotten referrals in where I'm like, hey, by the way, I was supposed to meet with him at 1130 yesterday and it didn't work. I'm going to reach out to him next week. If you're reaching out to him, can you let me know? And just so you know, we do that with prospects as well. Even if I've not signed the prospect and we're referring people, it's a great way where if I'm going in or if he's in front of them, we can both bring up each other. Apologies for interrupting this conversation, especially if you're really enjoying it. I know that I get frustrated when I'm listening to a good podcast, so I'll make it quick. If you're enjoying our podcast, please support us on patreon.com slash networkwise. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash networkwise. All patrons will receive early access to podcasts and exclusive networking advice. Okay, that was painless. So all you have to do now is help us on Patreon and enjoy the remainder of the show. What are things that you see inevitably things fall through the cracks? At what point do you stop referring somebody? Are there any... uh, If I don't trust their work. If they've messed up or their communication or they've disrespected my client or... I'll be honest with you. I have not had to do that. Well, that's impressive. Yeah, but... The reason I ask, I figure, and I'm sorry to cut you off, it just uh, eventually just through the law of averages, just something has to... So, I mean, that's fantastic if you... I have a very close group. And this close group, believe it or not, it's not even been a full year with the ones that you're coming to speak with, okay? And out of those four founders. But when people click and you trust and you move on, it's just what it is. And my outlier group, I just haven't. So I will tell you this though, some of those guys. So I'm going to say, so for C4BX, the founders is a managed print company, DocuTrend, a telephony company called Gain Communications and a marketing outsource company called DSM. I know it's happened to one of them for a fact and multiple of them where they have given out introductions, not to anybody that we know, but other people. And that other person's gone out and referred somebody else or tried to take over their job. And that's obviously going to make you not refer them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it happens and you learn from it and you move on. It doesn't need to taint everything. But you just got to be careful about who you partner with. Yeah. I mean. What's the vetting process for people that are interested in getting into your group? Because again, like I said, this is one of, and listen, there's the reason I say that is for a couple of reasons. Number one, so people can just learn if they're putting together their own groups or getting involved in groups. It's good because you guys hold a high bar. And number two, I think that for anyone who's listening and maybe there is a vertical that's not touched in your group, I think that (laughs) they'd be very fortunate to be able to get in your group. So they should reach out to you if you're okay with that. Yeah. So I'll tell you this right now. We have 10 members right now. Okay. We've had... Of the 10 members, four are the founders. So you take six new members and we've had 17 or 18 prospects come across us, Mm -hmm. okay, in the last couple of months. And we have a whole bunch coming this month. And the bar is this. One, we have to like you. We have to get along. That's the biggest thing, all of us. We are four founding members. There are four of us on the board. You can tell that's not an odd number. Yeah, I was there, just going to mention that. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. There's no voting out. There's no I rule over you. There's no tie breaking. We either all agree or we don't, and we keep talking until we do. So there's that much respect for each other where if three of them were like, look, Sajel, we got to do it this way. I'm like, you know what? I trust you. Fine. 
So we don't have an outvoting thing. There's no president. There's no hierarchy. The four of us work as a team, period. The second part of that is we have to get along. You have to be part of a vertical that's not in there. And like I said, we're looking for about 24 people. So there are a lot of verticals that aren't touched. Not that we didn't have prospective members come by. Just hasn't been the right fit for us. And three is there are other rules that are set in our constitution, in our bylaws that you need to follow. You need to meet with X amount of members. This isn't a let's meet on a monthly basis and have some drinks and have fun. You've got to do the one-on-ones in the middle. You've got to put the work in in the middle. And if you don't, you'll be asked to leave. Yeah. Who is the brainchild behind this and really taking this to the level that you're doing it? All four of us. Every one of us has come in and said there are things that have not worked for us. I know it sounds crazy to you and you're like, you're just being politically correct and da-da-da. And I'm not. I'm not. There are times where Aaron, Dr. Tran has come in and been like, you guys are crazy. That's not the right thing to do. Leon, who's at DSM, has been the brainchild between like what kind of verticals and stuff we want to get together. Gary and I have been doing all of the other work that needs to like be incorporating. We've run businesses and we've run non-for-profits before. Really, it's all four of us. It, there's it's a no true collaborative effort. It really, truly is. And there are ebbs and flows, right? So a couple of them are really busy. So a couple of us are taking over. Then a couple of us got busy. A couple of them are taking over. It's really how it works. And do you guys do notes, like summations? Do you have a do? A- yeah. So we do have a gentleman that comes to every meeting and he's basically the executive administrator for our meetings, takes down all the notes, does all the follow-ups. We need to make sure that the guests are okay with everybody that's a member. So there's a lot of work that goes into it, right? Who are the guests coming? What vertical are they in? Does anyone have an issue with any of that? If the guest is coming for the first time and then the second time, have they met with everyone? Who have they not met with? What are the people that they have met with said? Are they the right fit? Who agrees? Who doesn't? Ag- I mean, there's just so much of it. Forget the logistical aspect of it, the agendas and the case studies and getting the documents out and booking the room. And forget the financial aspect of it, right? This wasn't free. Everything we've done from the executive administrator out to the bylaws to incorporating to the nonprofit to every dinner we do, it costs money. So we have dues. We have yearly dues and we have to be fiscally responsible. We have to be transparent. There's just a lot that goes into it. It's just not that easy. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. What's your rebuttal to the person that's like, I'm not going to spend a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks, whatever your dues are for the year. What do you say to them? Then don't. <laughs> I know. Small minded. I know. I get I it. Just, yeah. No, it's not even, look, if it's not for you, it's, we are not in the business of begging anyone to yeah. do anything. Because yep. if you're going to be a connector, you've got to want to do it and you've got to see the value. And if you don't see the value, I'm not going to be here to sell it to you. So you touched on something. I'm going to sidestep a little bit for a minute. You mentioned something about being a woman. How has that <laughs> – sorry. <laughs> I, I would hope that yeah. that was apparent. <laughs> but if it's not, no. yes, right. no, I Just am a for woman. the record. <laughs> just for the record. Wow. Uh, tell, me, tell me, has that been to your benefit? Has it held you back at all? Have you even noticed it in any way, shape, or form? in the success that you've had and just the trials and tribulations of running your business? I am a woman. I'm a a bit different. I've been in a man's world for most of my career, if not all of my career. Wall Street, you mean? or I was Wall Street before. I was on the floor. And now I run a tech company. So kind of a male-dominated field. Look, there are pros and cons. I think that it's really important for women to own their own 
path and own their own results. And I don't want to put anybody down, but I have a very difficult time with the whole, the glass ceiling and men won't let me go far. And it's because of that man that I didn't get the promotion. And maybe there is a little bit of that somewhere, but you got to own your own career. And in the end, it's all on you to make what it is. So I, my friends will all tell you, I'm a fairly aggressive woman and that could be great at sometimes. And for other people, that could be words that I can't probably use on this podcast. <laughs> but in general, I don't think anything has been simply because I'm a woman. Your personality, your tone, I've learned a lot. My first manager at Merrill Lynch, she was unbelievable. And she was the best at saying, she was just like me, an aggressive woman younger than me. She made it really far, really quick, very ambitious. And she helped me throughout my entire career. And she was one of the first to say, look, just you got to be who you got to be, but you have to realize that perception is reality. And that's the biggest thing. You could think whatever you want of yourself, but perception is reality. So yes, have I had challenges? Absolutely. Trying to get the guys to invite me to the strip clubs or the golf outings. It was hard in the beginning, but then I got there. Working in a male-dominated field where I'm going on conferences or doing things in more male-dominated fields and with more men leads other women to sometimes have an issue. So there are problems from a business perspective. There are pros and cons. You know, Some would say it's really great. You're a woman. You go in. It might be a little easier. Some say it's not so great. But that's the case for everything. A prospect's a prospect, a client's a client, and everybody has their way of thinking. So that's nothing to do with anything besides the fact of who I am, and it'd be the same for you. So no, the one thing I will say that other women probably don't have is I do have a very supportive husband, and I mentioned that before. Yeah. And I do travel. I travel the nation speaking about cybersecurity. I do conferences. I do trips with my colleagues because that's how we bond. I went to Panama with a group of colleagues in February. Oh, how was Panama? Sorry oh, to say. it was awesome. Yes. <laughs> Probably stuff I can't say on the podcast. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband has really, he runs the tech aspect and he picks up the kids and he does a lot of that. And that takes that off of me. And do other women say things or do other men say like, oh my God, she wasn't home or she, absolutely. Do I care? Not really. Right? I mean, no, but at some point you have to not care. If you're going to care, then make a change. Don't say you care, be offended and not do anything. Decide on what it is. They're, like I said, I don't balance my life. My kids sometimes have come up to me. They're like, oh, well, daddy takes us everywhere. Yes, but daddy makes it very clear to the kids that mommy planned it all though. Mommy made sure that you had the classes to go to and that your play dates happened and all of this happened. But daddy does all the driving. So it's that balance is really with your significant other or your partner. So I said that, you know, those things are difficult. Other than that, no. I mean, of course I've had challenges, but they have nothing to do with being a woman. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're dealing with right now? So business-wise, I think that the challenges are going to be around how many managed service providers there are. There's so many with the cybersecurity landscape consistently changing, having other providers charge very little, right? So it's a competitive game. And having clients really understand the value of what you're doing. The clients that we have all understand the value. And that's our ideal client. So that's, I think, a challenge from a work aspect. There's just so much going on. 
Another aspect of challenges is I do work with my husband. We are married. We do live together. (laughs) (laughs) We travel together with kids together. So for any woman, and I, I do think it's more of a woman thing that does work with their spouse, there are challenges there too. Whether you're running the company or you're second in command, it doesn't matter. I think that there's a dynamic there that becomes difficult when you bring that home sometimes. And for entrepreneurs, you're always bringing everything home. Home is where it's at. And I think just time management sometimes. There are days. The one thing that I realized, and more so with this group of people, the the group of people that I've surrounded myself with are ultra successful. They're not a little successful. They're very successful in their verticals, they're amazing. Forget from a revenue perspective, because revenue is vanity and profit for me is sanity. So from a bottom line perspective, they're amazing. From a vertical perspective, they're amazing. From a service perspective, they're amazing. And so the one thing I realized is they all take their times off. They're taking their kids to the baseball game and they're getting massages and they're taking Fridays off to go to their country house in Pennsylvania. And They'll all know exactly who I'm talking about, but they do all that. And it's very important to make sure that you are good. One of the things I do for me is the workouts, the hanging out with some of these guys, the taking those trips. That's a me thing. So if you're able to do all that, it becomes a lot easier. Enjoy that. How do you say no? I was just recently told, actually another Vern Harnish thing, for every one yes, you should have 20 no's. Okay. It's a lot of no's. It's a lot of no's. And Sejal sucks at that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it was yesterday. That's last, a rough statistic. 20, uh, 20, I'd, I'd have enough with two to know, two I, to one rather. I'm you know. saying it is a difficult one. And I was actually on the phone with one of my COIs last night. And he's like, and I was telling him how I'm spending all these hours doing this thing. And he goes, you got to learn to say no. And I'm like, I am trying. So how do I say no? There are some things that I've gotten better at. If they're completely outside of my lane, meaning what I'm not focused on, they have nothing to do to better me personally, better me work-wise or that, I say no. I know that sounds very selfish, but there are things. So I am involved in some charities. I'm involved in human trafficking. Coalition Against Human Trafficking, I should say. People, (laughs) I'm not involved in human trafficking, just to be clear. How did you get involved in that? It's a passion of mine. I've been through some things in my life as a woman that have led me to speak up for women in domestic violence and especially children stuff that are being trafficked and rape victims and stuff like that. So that's a part of my past and that's what I can give back. What has that resulted in? Let's talk about that if you're okay with that. Just you guys raise money, there's, there's awareness. Oh, I've done, what are I've done what are money, the- I've done awareness. I work with some cancer organizations. I've done both. I've done money, I do time and I do awareness. Money's always easy. Time is what I find the hardest and that's what I really try to give. And part of TechWorks' values and TechWorks' mission and our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal, is to be able to give a 20% of your net profits uh, to one of the- It's a big number. Yeah. And to have that, like I said, it's a big, hairy, audacious goal, but I need a bigger number to be able to do that, right? It's hard to do that when you're, let's say- one to five million, but it's easier to do that when you're 15 to 25 million, 30 million. But that's part of it. And let's put it this way. What is it given back to me? It makes me happy. It really makes me happy to be able to spread awareness about 
how to spot a child trafficker and how to spot a child in hell that needs help. And how? Yeah, sorry to change this. <laughs> I mean, you, you've really got my curiosity. I, I wouldn't know the first thing. So, how do you? What do you do? So what do you look for? How some do you... of the things we do is we visit hotels and motels and we talk to them. I mean, look, there's an age difference. There's looks in a child's eyes. There's the way the person's holding them. Are the children allowed to speak? There's a difference between a mother and a daughter or a father and a daughter. That relationship, you can tell. You have a daughter. There's a very different relationship than it was a trafficker and a daughter or a John and a daughter, like a girl, right? And so you can see that. You can see that by how long they're getting the room for. Are there frequent visitors? Are they different? And you visit the more impoverished areas and you talk about it and you go to those hotels and motels. You go to their school districts. You go to... The airlines and you educate them on a lot of these people travel. So the air hostess, et cetera, they're all getting education now on that doesn't look funny. And you know what? I'd rather you call and say it doesn't look funny and it actually be totally okay than you not call because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So how do these, let's just talk about the hotels or the motels for a minute. Like there's a significant amount of these downtrodden hotels where they're uh, a good portion of their revenue. I don't know. I don't want to call them traffickers, but they're coming from hourly visits, if you will. Yes. Uh, so how do you get buy-in from them to say, hey, wink, wink, we kind of know what you're doing, but you really it's need to It's be- illegal and we'll close it down. Yeah. Bringing a- I'm not saying traffickers, but they do yeah. non-traffickers well, not, too. The non-traffickers, yeah. I'm yeah. not interested in that. And a grown man and what he wants to do with a grown woman yeah. or vice versa yep. or the same way, whichever floats a boat. But- for me, I'm talking about the children. Yeah. Okay. So there's a big difference. There's a and, huge difference. And, and there are people that are running those hotels, motels. Are they receptive? Do you guys find? Yeah. Or, yeah you know, are. you can always say something to someone's face and they do a totally different thing. The more awareness we can spread, the more money we can raise. Believe it or not, it's not just the impoverished areas. There are very well-known wealthy areas that it happens in, in front of our faces. It's just a matter of spreading that knowledge and getting out there and saying, look, and if you can change one child's life, that's one more. You do two and you just doubled it. Any way that your network has somehow contributed to this in any Not way, shape, or form? yet. To be honest, I'm very uh, personal, very tightly kept about some of the charity work I do. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair, I think only, as I'm looking through it, probably only two of them actually know that I do this. And only one of them knows the details of it. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming out today. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm hoping that it benefits by you sharing the story. Uh, this is, oh, absolutely. It'll, yeah, that it'll, it'll, some people will listen and it'll bring more attention. Like you said, that's one of the things that you're trying to do. Absolutely. So, I appreciate you doing that. Outside of some of these other challenges, is there anything else that you face in terms of whether it's your business, whether it's growing this networking group? Uh, there are a lot of things. So, there's financial stuff, right? How do you make sure you're taking on the right clients? I mentioned, I shared earlier that we lost a million dollar a year client, right? It was hard not to go out and say yes to every John, Dick and Harry that came around and said, yes, 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 we'll take the money. But it's having this kind of network and having the people to rely on and having that support and having my mentors, right? Having the mastermind groups to come back and say, don't do it. You're just going to regret it. Yes, yes, you're correct. It's working. We have a mastermind group that helped us out when we lost it and feeding us leads and feeding us stuff like that. So financially, those are some challenges, right? From the networking group, you know, like you said, it's also personally, it's how do you say no to people? How do you say no when someone needs your help or needs some time from you? And that's been a difficult thing. Some of the other challenges are going to be around, how do you say no to people that want to join the networking group that are great friends of yours that aren't 
the best network. That was one of my questions. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So we can at least air it out now so they can listen to this. And then they know they don't even have to approach you then. Yeah. What do you do there? You like, know, I can feel your pain. Yeah, that's a difficult one. So the four and, of us- And even for you, because you're straightforward. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, if something's different, I, I want to hear that because yeah. I don't know you to bite your tongue. So um, I, and- Yeah, there's definitely a fine line on that. There's a boundary. So the four of us make a decision. It's never on one person. So that's one thing. Okay. So it's going to alleviate some burden for yeah, you. Yeah. Actually, it's not some, it's 80%, 90% of the burden, right? To go back to somebody and say, look, the board decided it just wasn't the right fit. Problem is that between the four of us, we know a lot of the same people now, right? As you network and network and network, you World get to a place. It sh- shrinks. It, it does. And Especially not only that, but you have to understand we are larger businesses looking for a particular set of clients and networking with people that are. I want to say in that level and I, not to be condescending. It's what it is. Okay. That's fair. But so we're not going after like the single shingles and the trunk slammers and it's a bit different. So when you start to get to that cream of the crop, everyone starts revolving around the same doors. So it's really just a matter of saying the four of us spoke and it just doesn't look like it's the right fit or is there something else we can do or something like that. But a no is a no. We're not building a group of our friends. That's not what we're looking for. We can go and hang out and drink any day. We're building a group of connectors and it has to be good for everyone in the group. So if everyone's not benefiting, you're going to end up with people leaving. You don't want that either. You want good people that you can build relationships with, that you can trust and consistently move forward. Because we have to understand as an IT company, I don't just have one telecommunications relationship. I don't have one managed print relationship. You and I both know that those are two of my closest COIs. So it's okay to have that. You just have to know where the right ones are. It's okay to have multiple relationships, but I know that my go-to is always those guys. And then if something goes wrong or something happens, I can move in a different direction. Or sometimes they're not the right fit. 100%. If they're not the right fit, I'm not the right fit for all of their clients. Yep. So they go to somebody else and that's okay too. So it's just having that communication. What do you, or are there any tips or tricks that you do when you make introductions or things like that? Like I know one of the things that I've been doing for the past month or two, which you are not a fan of, uh, this morning I sent you a text. I was driving and oh, my, my voice my voice texts don't work that well. You know, maybe I get a 75% hit rate, but some of the, that 25% error has been a big error sometimes. <laughs> so what I have been doing as of late is there's a great voice recording feature on my phone and I just send voice recorded All messages. All phones have them, Adam. Okay. Go on. All right. So my phone's not special. No. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but that like turned you out, like that fired you up. So, well, it fired me up because I'm like, why couldn't he just type it so I could read it while I'm doing something? It's because I was driving. Well, then don't voice to text either. Wow, listen, you've got all these rules. <laughs> so, all right, well, like, clearly that's a pet peeve. Well, my point, this isn't about a debate about that. This is more of I was giving you an example of something that I do. It's, it's, I find it to be personal. It's also, it saves time. Also, sometimes people can hear, I think a lot of things are lost in translation in words. So at least you can hear the, the tenor. Tone. Yeah, the tone yes. of the voice. And, and again, the point of my question is that's just like one thing that I do to try to separate also, myself for making an introduction. I do that sometimes. Is, are there things that you guys do? Well, when you say making an introduction, what you just said is a COI, right? I mean, we're 
I so guess. you met uh, yeah, like with my COIs or with the prospect no, or with the client? I meant if there was anything that you... I didn't articulate the question well. You did, definitely really, did not. not. At all. Okay, so <laughs> I, I guess where I was going, that's just something that I do and it could be within a circle of okay. influence or it could just be when making introductions between the circle of influence and a potential client. Right. We went through how I do it with a potential client and all. I don't... Usually I don't just make introductions over email. I'm always speaking to them. Okay. It'll be a phone call to let the prospect or the client know as well as the vendor, whoever I'm going to be recommending. Oh, no. I'll do the text with them both on the text. Yeah. Hey, Sajel, this is- No, uh, okay. I will call them. Yeah. I will call them and have that conversation and then do an intro via email. No, the conversation already happened. Okay. So I then the conversation and then And then you'll the, just the, do that voice text. text. That would drive me crazy. Please don't ever do that to me. Now I'm doing that. That's just, uh, <laughs> I can't wait for my um, next introduction oh God, to you. that would drive me so crazy. Yeah. No, I don't think I do. I guess I work a little bit differently. So with my COIs, I do speak with a good amount of them. If not daily, then every three days or so. Like I'm not going weeks without talking to someone. No, I know you are. We were just at lunch and you talked to probably all of them. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, the hour and a half that we were eating. So yeah, I don't think you're going even 12 hours. Um, so. so that is important to me is to just keep that communication open because things pop up. It's like, so I'll give you an example. Was talking to one of the guys, realized that we could combine our client lists and because everything is the same and all of a sudden, we're now utilizing one CRM to do a bunch of things to hit up the same net new logos, like the same new people to get business for both of us. Like it happened within a two-hour lunch that we had. Things like that. Constant communication. I was talking to one of them that I possibly needed somebody for my company. They had somebody, but that person wasn't available. Yesterday, I got a call that the person's available. Meeting the person on Monday. And not only that, I talked to the other COI who had heard about that person. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I don't have anything special that I do. I definitely don't do voice messages. We do text a lot. Or you guys do Slack groups or anything? Do no, you do- no, we just text. We have our text groups. And I'll be honest, they're not all business. Yeah. Our text groups are everything. They're personal. They're funny. We'll be out to lunch just taking funny pictures or negging on somebody, ragging on someone. We do a lot of that. Usually me. Yep. <laughs> uh, usually Good. to me. Yeah. But we, it's just fun. It's It gives everyone a little bit of a break. And some of the guys have been like, dude, we're in the middle of so many things, make the buzzing stop. Right? Yep. But in the end, we're friends. And I think that's what it comes down to. Yep. The no like and trust. Yeah. So, so I've been dominating this conversation. Anything in particular, that any questions that you might have for me? First, I want to say that This is awesome because I think that in this day and age with the businesses and the world and the landscape as it is, you can't get anywhere without networking and connecting. And I think people have to get out of that mindset of being, what can you give me to how can I help you? And know that when you start helping people, it all comes around. So I want to ask you, what advice do you have? above and beyond what we've already talked about and what we're doing with the group to do better because there's always ways to do it better. So I think you're doing a fantastic job. You've got it. You understand it. It's the whole give first. It's a karmatic boomerang. Ideally, what I'm hoping to do, my bigger mission is to kind of do a mindset shift and I'm cloaking it in quote unquote networking. But the whole idea is to have everyone, when you have an interaction with somebody, 
Instead of thinking about, hey, what can Sejal do for me? The mindset should be, hey, what can I do for you? What is it that I can do today that can benefit you? Right. And, and if that's the mindset, number one will be, everyone will feel a lot more good about the in, any interaction you have with the other person because you because you know there's that there's no hidden agenda. There's no hidden agenda. Yes. You're thinking about the other. You have the other person's best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's just there's no defense wall. So it's a cleaner, easier, better conversation to begin with. And hell, think about the productivity that's going to come of that. And it might be. There are days where you don't need – I mean, we all need something. I don't care what – there's always something going on in our lives where we need something. And sometimes all you need is just to know that someone actually genuinely has your back. That's it. I was going to say that. Just knowing that someone's there – And it's great to have the immediate family support, but knowing that there are other people out there that you can rely on and have your back, I think that's that's huge. That's made a huge change for me. So here's another question. I've got two boys. They're seven and nine. And one of the things that I would love to do is, I think is important at every age, is to start them networking, right? Like, not with their little friends, but just give them the understanding of you first. This generation, this... <laughs> I see you. I see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> this generation is about instant gratification and me, 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 now, 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 right the second. That is the exact opposite of what we're all trying to move to from an entrepreneur standpoint. And I do feel that in 10, 15 years, when my kids are at the age of working and all that, it's not going to be about college and being the best doctor and being the best. It's going to be about owning a business. You can be a doctor, but you better be a damn good business person to be that doctor. So what do you think there? I mean, I don't know if you've given it any thought. Oh, I've or... given it so much thought <laughs> and I'd love to say that I've got the answer. I truly don't. Perfect. I, what is yeah, it? I, I, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just don't. I think you hit on a bunch of points that are really important. Well, things are changing. You do when you are going to be a doctor, you do, you're do. you going to need to know. You're not just going to be part of some group. You're going to have to know how to build your own business essentially if you want to take it to another level so it's just about thoughtfulness that's really the best way that mm. an, an appreciation gratitude appreciation gratitude yeah, those, those are hard with these kids so right hard now. i mean the one thing that i try to do and again i don't know if i'm doing it right because we'll see you know time will tell but you know every night at the end of the night i ask my daughters what was the best part of their day that was one yeah. thing i asked and then i also ask how could your day have been better and i ask who did you help today what did you do I do first two and I don't do that third. That's a great one. Yeah. So sometimes and sometimes they do it. So and you know, you'd be surprised at what they say, Oh, I held the door for somebody or I did this or and then if they oh I didn't do anything and then I'll say, Well, walk me through your day and then I'll try to point out the things that they did do that maybe they weren't conscious about doing. So again, (laughs) I'm far from the poster child of a parent, but it's something that I've been doing that I think is hopefully putting them on the track. That is awesome. I really like that, actually. Cool. I'm going to be adopting that. Yeah, I, I, I think say, adults should do it, too. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't invent this. I got this. I believe it was uh, Jim Zagelmeyer, a former, or actually I shouldn't say former, a mentor of mine, a gentleman that I've worked for and worked with. That was advice that he gave me with his, that he does with his kids. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So, uh, and it's got to get into the pattern of every- of, Yeah, of, just of, doing it. But I think that's really important. I think that- when you think about networking and connecting, people are always thinking about me first and changing that mindset, like what you're saying. And I think it's important to do that all the way from a child all the way up. Yeah, because then what happens is when you do that and, you know, it's a little weird. A lot of people are really put off. I can't begin to tell you how many people think that I've got an agenda at first until they get to know me because they're not used to that. 
And, yes. th- and that, that kind of sucks. No. Know? So then what's happened though, once people do, and they do get to know me or you or whomever it is, and they know that that is your intent, then your relationship starts off a couple rungs higher. Exactly from you know and they know who that's who you are and that's how you're operating and that's your modus operandi which is something that's going to help then you're just on a whole different level of a relationship completely and, and, yeah and that's and getting a different back level to your of trust, trust. there's what i was saying yep so i'm yeah. sorry i cut you off well no i mean yeah. but that's the thing right so like when i do seminars and stuff people ask me at the end so what are you selling i wasn't selling anything i was educating and i think that's just in general we're educating to help you we're doing this to help you and i think what you're doing, if people can get it right and they can consistently do it, it'll increase, like you said, productivity and just the quality of life for everyone, right? If you're not constantly upset that somebody didn't give you something because you're always focused on what you can do for someone, as people are giving you stuff, it'll just be easy and getting done. Mm-hmm. No, I'm in. <laughs> hey, so speaking of that, I really want to make sure that people, anyone who's listening is going to love you. They have to. Everybody likes you. So uh, anyone who is interested in working with you or your company or your services, if you don't mind, just give a quick overview spiel, whatever it might be, about what it is you guys are doing, how you're separating yourselves, and how someone can get in touch with you. And just for anyone who's listening, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be very easy to get in touch with Sajel. So that part will be taken care of. I just want you to make sure that everybody has a, a chance to really get a better sense for the services that you're providing. So go okay. for it. So the company name is TechWorks and we're a managed service provider. And what we do is basically we provide technology services for small and medium businesses. Okay. And we supplement them for large businesses. So if you ever feel like your IT company isn't getting back to you, they're not reaching out to you, you're calling and no one's coming, no one's answering your calls or you're waiting days and days for things to get fixed or Things are getting fixed, but they're not getting fixed correctly. You're having to ask for them to fix the same thing over and over again. Or if you're feeling that you're constantly looking at the bills and you're being nickeled and dimed, those are the clients that come to us. Our clients are people that can't afford to be down. IT is not a luxury. It's a necessity. And our help desk is actually our last line of defense. So we are a truly proactive company. And do you house other people's technology or do you guys put everything in the cloud or both? We do both. We do both. We do co-locations. We have a cloud and we do on-premise. We've built our own cloud. It's one of the top 100 clouds in the nation. Congratulations. Um, we are in the top 500 for the last three years of managed service providers. Excellent. And our security stack is in the top 100 security stacks along with Mr. Herjavax in the last year. So we've done some really good things with our company. Do you want me to give my email and my phone number? You're going to do that. I mean, uh, I, I that'll be in the show notes. But if if you want to say that, I know so, we're running real tight on time. Okay. So, so my phone number is nine seven three five seven seven four five four eight, and it's S L A K H I N I at TechWorks T E C H W E R X E dot com. Awesome. I thank you so much. I feel lucky. I got a chance to spend an <laughs> afternoon with you. We enjoyed a nice meal. We and did. now we've been able to sit down and have a meaningful conversation that I hope a lot of people, I know a lot of people will benefit from for a variety of reasons. So awesome. thank you so much. Adam, thank you so much for this. This was great. Awesome. Make it a great day. I'm really glad you made it through the whole show. It tells me that you found it entertaining and enjoyed the content. In the spirit of helping us continue to provide such great content and amazing guests, we appreciate your participation through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash networkwise. Your support really helps. Also, if you or someone you know is looking for a career change, 
is building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com. Not only does this platform offer you a plethora of resources, but will walk you through how to expedite the outcomes and the aforementioned goals that you seek. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day. And remember to always network wise.